The pelvic floor is not just something old people need to know about. It's also not something only people who have had babies need to know about. It's also not just something women need to know about. We should all be looking after our pelvic floor for continence, sexual function, and general health. Hannah chats with pelvic floor physiotherapist Sophie, who's based in Melbourne. Hi guys, our topic today is the pelvic floor. And unfortunately, this tends to be something that people don't learn much about until there's already a problem with it. So the reason we're talking about it today is so that you can learn what you can do now to help prevent problems later on in life. And to do that, I'm joined by Sophie, who is a women's health physiotherapist based in Melbourne. Thanks for joining me, Sophie. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me. First of all, can you just explain to our listeners what a pelvic floor physio is? Sorry, what a women's health physio is? Absolutely. So... A women's health physio is a little bit different to your general, your musculoskeletal physio in that we help women all throughout their life in regards to care throughout the adolescent years, pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and also in the pre and the postmenopausal stage. And that's helping whether that's sexual pain, bladder or bowel concerns, prolapse, giving advice on exercise. So there's lots of different elements to the role, which is what I love. Amazing. And how long have you been doing it for now? I would be four years exclusively in women's health. Nice. Okay, so I thought we would start, as I do in all my episodes, with the very basics. Absolutely. Can you tell us what the pelvic floor is and why it's important? Absolutely. So the pelvic floor, they're a collection of muscles that run all the way from your tailbone, uh, your coccyx, all the way to your pubic bone at the front. Um, And there's lots of different muscles within the pelvic floor complex. And the reason why it's so important is it keeps us continent. So it holds our bladder and our bowel content, but it also allows us to empty when we need to. It supports our spine. It allows better orgasm. So there's lots of different roles of the pelvic floor. So um, yeah. And so in your role as a women's health physio, do you kind of address all of those different areas or do you have a special area that you're interested in? No, I'd say I do all of those elements within the female population. So I just don't venture into the men's side of things. Yeah. And so is there a similar physio Like you specifically for men's health as well? Yes, correct. And then there are also women's and men's health physios. I feel like you don't hear about the men's health physios so much. No, you don't. (laughs) It's a bit of a niche market. They are around, um, but less of them. Right. And maybe a silly question. No, no. But are they for the same things, continence and sexual? Yes, erectile function or dysfunction and recovery after. Um, particular male surgeries like prostatectomies or procedures, more urology-based surgeries from my understanding. Got you. And so what different problems Mm -hmm. can pelvic floor exercises help with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, most commonly people will present with incontinence or prolapse. So that's our common referrals from your GPs. So doing your pelvic floor strengthening exercises absolutely help with the urine leakage. So... That is probably most common. Second is prolapse. So we talk about pelvic organ prolapse. So within our pelvis, we've got the bladder, the uterus and the bowel. And each of those compartments can prolapse, unfortunately. And so doing our pelvic floor strengthening give support to our organs. 
Other elements of pelvic floor exercises, um, we can help with sexual pain, your bladder urgency, and sometimes constipation. But those last three that I've mentioned, it's more often that we do pelvic floor relaxation as opposed to the true strengthening that we want with the incontinence and prolapse. Yeah. And so... This is not a question I've prepped you for, so no, no, feel free to disregard. But can you create problems by doing too many pelvic floor yes, exercises? You absolutely okay. can. So I I think we will talk about it a little bit later, but yep. more more and more we're seeing an overactive pelvic floor. So unfortunately people are told, do your pelvic floor, do your core exercises, do yoga, do Pilates. And we're often tense, but we're not focusing on the relaxation component. Got you. So that, I'd say, in the current population I deal with is very common. Very wow. common. And so who in our population should be doing pelvic floor exercises? Well, we all should be doing our pelvic floor exercises. Mm-hmm. So female and men, female and male. Mm-hmm. In terms of how often we should be doing it, a few times a day is what we would like. However, once a day is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And we don't really have clear research on what we should get to, but often a combination of different types of exercises. So I like to get my women to be able to achieve a 10-second hold, Mm -hmm. doing that 10 times. So positioning, they'll start in a lying position. Then they'll come up to sitting and then they'll come up into standing. Obviously, standing is hardest as you're pulling up against gravity. And in conjunction to those ones, we like to add in a few quick strengthening exercises. So quick on off. Um, And that's targeting our fast twitch muscles. So kicking in when we cough, we sneeze, we laugh, that sudden Mm. increase in pressure. (laughs) Very important one. Absolutely. So we hear a lot about that type of incontinence. Yeah. Um, but also my big thing with when I teach pelvic floor, especially in a group context, is feel the amount of lift that you have and then take note that you're getting the equal relaxation. So I always compare it to a bicep curl. So bending your elbow is on, so that's engaged pelvic floor and mm-hmm. relax your elbow, relax your pelvic floor. Okay. And when you say you try and do a hold for 10 seconds and do mm-hmm. that 10 times, mm-hmm. does that count as doing your pelvic floor exercises once? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's once a day. Right, so you've got to give it a proper go. Absolutely. (laughs) And do you have any tips or tricks on how people can remember to do them? Because it's not something like going to the gym. I have two minds on this one, Han. Mm -hmm. So often women are like, yeah, I stop at the traffic lights and I'll do my pelvic floor or I'll do it when the kettle's boiling. However, I feel that women really need to focus their attention when they're doing their pelvic floor. Right. Um, it's very easy to kind of not breathe or not fully relax or not fully engage. So I like to get my women to just take 10 minutes, lie down, sit to the side, hide in a room, hide in the cupboard yep. <laughs> and do a set of your pelvic floor exercises to make sure you're making use of the time. Yep. But that's not to say when you're at the lights, you can't do a couple of quick ones, yep. but to get your 10 by 10, it does require a bit of attention. Okay. And my preference is step aside, but if you can't, mm. traffic lights is a good one. Probably a great excuse for some alone time too, just Absolutely. if you want to get away. <laughs> totally. Crank the tunes. Nobody's going to want to interrupt <laughs> if you're like, just working on my pelvic floor, guys. Hey, they might want to watch. Maybe. But what will they see? You're just sitting there looking normal. (laughs) No one can tell, can they? (laughs) No, they shouldn't. Um, Okay, so I feel like lots of people have heard about Kegels. Mm -hmm. Can you just clarify, is that like a special type of pelvic floor exercise or it's just... I had to Google this one for you. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Wikipedia. (laughs) Love it. So Arnold Kegel, they're named after, who was... An American gynae who invented this term. Yeah. See, I feel like I see it on social media a lot. And I think it's a lot of the American people that talk about Kegels 
more so than here in Australia. I also feel the Asian population. So Ah, um, I work at a hospital on a maternity ward and there's a lot of Asian women that come in, a lot of the Chinese girls. And I'll explain the pelvic floor and then they get out their Google translators and it pops up with Kegel. Like, ah, Kegel. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, that's obviously used in your country. Okay, that's interesting. So it's not like anything special necessarily. It's all the same stuff. Okay. Now, can you... (laughs) partially for my own benefit, for the benefit of the listeners. Can you like explain how to do pelvic floor exercises? Absolutely. Talk squeeze. Okay. So I'm going to say one one really quick one for the men, which Mm -hmm. is my favorite one to say is a scrotal lift. So all the men out there, lift your balls up. (laughs) Are you doing it? (laughs) Um, But the best way that I like to teach my women is you want to engage from the back towards the front. So always start from your back passage. So imagine you're holding in wind from your back passage. Then think about closing over your your vaginal walls and then imagining you're stopping the flow of we. Now, a lot of the time women often forget that front part of their pelvic floor. So then sometimes I'll cue a clitoral nod. It sounds (laughs) super weird, but it's so effective in allowing the pelvic floor to really squeeze and lift. Okay. So how do you do that? You think of nodding your clitoris. Okay. Are you doing it? Trying. I am. (laughs) (laughs) You've had practice. It's not it. (laughs) And then there's lots of wacky and weird ways um, that I've heard over the years in terms of think of your vagina as a straw. Right. (laughs) And suck up the milkshake. Oh, my goodness. Have you read the book, (laughs) This Is Going To Hurt? It's by that NHS ONG registrar who quit medicine and he yes, wrote... Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. That the, was so sad. I cried. Yeah, it was like super sad, but also really hilarious. But his... This just reminded me. His whole thing was to tell people, pretend you're in a bath full of eels and that you don't yes, want one of yes, the eels to yes. swim up there. That's how he like yeah. told people to practice. So no, no yeah. one will do them if you think that. <laughs> I do recommend that Think of your clitoral nods. Yeah. Okay. Gotta work on that. <laughs> 10 seconds, go. Oh, it's such a long time when you're like <laughs> focusing. Okay, so is that you're trying to hold that for 10 seconds and exactly. then relax? Is there an amount of time you need to relax for before you go again? So, or? all dependent. So, some people can quickly let go, mm-hmm. others will require maybe a three to five second focus. Mm-hmm. The other thing, if women are struggling to feel the relaxation of their pelvic floor, often by pushing out your lower tummy so relaxing one of your deep core muscles will aid in relaxation of the uh, pelvic floor okay and also the other thing is whilst you're working towards getting the 10 second hold 10 times not everyone will be able to do that to begin with so what you might do is if you make five to six seconds then relax at that point and then each week keep increasing so that you can get to a 10 second hold yeah because we don't want you to um push the muscle through fatigue when it's quivering you just need to relax it as opposed to right it really is it like how the muscle like doing reps of your yeah absolutely <laughs> so funny and so is it it's better than to get good quality reps in rather than trying to do the whole 10 seconds and it's exactly kind of yes, yes, crappy yes. quality exactly okay Good to so, know. for example, my postnatal women, two days after a vaginal birth, might do a one-second hold yeah. and do that 10 times. And then the next week, a two-second hold and so forth. Okay. So, you said you also work with women prenatally. Yes. What are you my working passion. on? I love what are you working prenatal. on before they've actually had a vaginal birth? 
So some women will come in and they want clarity on whether they're doing their pelvic floor exercises correctly. Mm -hmm. So we'll do a quick check if it's all indicated at that point in their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time in the current population I deal with, they often benefit from the relaxation component. Mm -hmm. It might be reviewing bowel function if they're a bit constipated, giving strategies about pooping positions or fiber supplements or getting a potty stool. Um, And then my other big thing in that prenatal population, a little bit of a sidestep, is talking to them about mode of delivery and um, making sure they're having a chat with the obstetrician about preserving their pelvic floor in the birth and putting certain... Um, points out if they want to try and avoid forceps intervention or a little yeah. bit of a political thing to say yeah. but sorry do you get lots of people coming to you like they may not have any issues in their pregnancy but specifically concerned about yeah. having a vaginal birth yes like, for your i would say yeah. if they've got a friend or a family member mm. that has had a traumatic birth or they've read and they've given fear to themselves learning about all prolapse that can happen after a vaginal birth yeah so it's I'd say probably prompted yeah. by other things. Yeah, you can totally understand it, right? Because if you hear Absolutely. one person have a yeah. really awful experience. I'm having yeah, Caesar. Can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally get it. So in the past, people used to recommend in terms of pelvic floor exercises when you're passing urine on the toilet to try no, and no, do a mid no, stream. <laughs> yeah. Can you just explain why? So from my understanding, um, if you did keep doing that repetitively, you can increase your risk of getting a UTI. So we wouldn't recommend that um, to be done on a regular basis. It's often sometimes women might do it once after they've had a baby and they're like, yes, I can stop the four wee. It's like, okay, cool. Stop that. No more. Yeah. And also if someone's say struggling to know exactly what it feels like to do a pelvic floor contraction, then they might do it once, but we yeah. wouldn't recommend it on a regular basis. Yeah. So good to work out what muscles to be squeezing. squeezing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Now, who should actually be seeing someone like you, like a pelvic floor physio or women's health physio? Yeah. So I'm probably a little bit biased, but I think <laughs> anyone for whatever reason. Um, so for example, we can get the adolescent, the teenagers coming in and they're struggling to, to insert a tampon. Um, or they've got sexual pain. So from that population, we can help out with a variety of things. Um, Women will come in in their pregnancy to learn Mm. correct activation or to optimize their bladder and bowel habits. Um, People might come in pre-surgery, whether that's something like endometriosis or a gynae procedure like a prolapse repair. Um, We want to start the prehab, get their muscles strong, or we can do post rehab mm-hmm. um, prehab i've not heard that before prehabilitation <laughs> mm, get your muscles that's strong out of the lingo soz <laughs> that's good okay so, so yeah you- i feel anyone can really come in yeah i'd say we're getting more and more people coming in as a preventative now yeah um obviously there's campaigns kind of supporting yeah prolapse and incontinence so that's very positive thing and do people need a gp referral to see you or can they just call up and they can call up and come in (laughs) but a few people if they've had a chronic condition so more than three months will come in with an epc plan from their gp which i think is nice because yeah costs can be an issue for some people so yeah and probably helpful i guess for you guys if they've had all these other investigations or whatever to work out what's going on yeah absolutely love the mdt yeah super important (laughs) So if somebody decides, oh, I maybe need to see women's health physio, Mm -hmm. what should they expect when they go to see you? Yeah, absolutely. So most clinics will have an initial appointment for 60 minutes. 
Um, so to begin with, we'll get quite a thorough history. So we'll ask lots of questions um, and that's to really work out how your bladder and your bowel are going. Um, we'll ask, take a sexual history. We'll ask about any prolapse symptoms, um, screen for any surgeries, gynae history, including menstruation or pre-existing conditions. Um, and another thing that me personally likes to ask about is what exercise you're doing. Mm-hmm. After asking lots of questions, we then do often start with a vaginal examination. And so we'll, personally, I take a few measurements from the outside that look at your risk of developing prolapse um, and just visualize any tearing or hemorrhoids or general mm-hmm. tissue health. And then we go internally, usually starting with one finger, maybe going into a two finger examination. We look for any tears in the pelvic floor. We assess if there's a prolapse and if there is the degree of the prolapse. And we like to get a baseline of all the muscle tone, the strength and endurance by doing your pelvic floor squeezes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we often have ultrasound machines. So whether we do a transabdominal ultrasound, looking at your core muscles and sometimes transvaginal ultrasound too. Oh, wow. And then also for me, thinking post-baby, we'll look at any perineal scarring or Caesar scars and give advice regarding the healing aspect of that. Yeah. And so presumably you would see That's some a patients. a long response, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very thorough. I'm, I'm it's glad. a long appointment. <laughs> I feel like if you make an appointment to see any health professional, you should know if you're going to need to take your pants off beforehand. Yes, like it's just yes. nice to know yep. that going in. So I assume you would have I some... I give them wet wipes beforehand. Oh, do They you? feel better. Yeah. I'm always like, before I do an intern, I'm like, do you want to go to the bathroom? Because some people just freak out. And, like, and they come know. back covered in toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Notice, wipe the toilet paper off. Oh, that's great. Sorry. Um, You can cut that. (laughs) It's perfect. Um, So I assume you would have some patients that you only need to see once, would you? But others that you would have lots of follow-ups with? Yes, a couple that are one-off. Often you'll find something that you can work on, whether that's a little bit of overactivity or a little bit of a prolapse. Always room for improvement. (laughs) Yes. And that's obviously dependent on patient goals. Some will come in and they're like, yep, I just want one checkup. Can you tell me my baseline? Yeah. I'm happy to work on it. But most people will come back for reviews. Probably your more pelvic pain conditions, they will require a few more appointments closer together. Yeah. So you've already, I guess, started to answer this question, but we haven't gone into much detail with it. But can doing pelvic floor exercises or physio help with sexual function? Absolutely. So this is one of my favourites to treat. Um, so firstly, when we talk about pain with sex, we mm-hmm. always like to clarify, is it pain on entry yep. or is it pain with deep penetration? Often the entry pain can be a vaginal dryness um, issue and often the deep pain stems from the overactive pelvic floor or the pelvic floor with an increased tone. So the dryness one is very easy to fix, especially if you're in that postnatal or postmenopausal group mm-hmm. where they've got reduction in estrogen. So the tissue's a bit thin and dry. So we just recommend whether that's in topical estrogen cream, but guided by the doctor or a really good lube. So the yeah. lubricant will really fix that. Yeah. So on that note, I have to say my favorite lube is Uber Lube. Uber Lube. so good. So it's silicon based. Yeah. Um, the only reason you wouldn't use it if you use silicon sex toys, but mm-hmm. if you don't, then use that one but in contrast for the pain on deep penetration so there's a variety of reasons um, why that may be the case but often in terms of thinking of the population that I see so women with the particular pain conditions your bladder pain spasm syndrome bladder pain syndrome sorry your vaginismus your vulvodynias your endometriosis so they've obviously had this condition for quite a period of time and they're often painful which 
often in the presence of pain, women tend to be quite tense globally. So then their pelvic floor will be quite tense too. So they often present with sexual pain and the inability to insert a tampon or to have sex. So with that side of things, we really want to do what we call pelvic floor down training and release the muscle. So we've spoken a little bit about the overactivity before. So weight. So if people are struggling to release their pelvic floor, yeah. uh, my favorite thing to do is draw a little dot on the hand. Mm-hmm. So every time you see the dot, you just scan your body and then focus on your pelvic floor and release any tension. So it's more of that mindfulness uh, side of things, okay, yeah. which is a good one. And then often we use vaginal dilators. So we insert dilators. Mm, I was going to ask you wall. about Yeah, these, here yes. they are. <laughs> um, so they can be used for all kind of your adolescent, your pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, often they're usually fixed unless they've got a Caesar. Yeah. Um, But essentially you insert a dilator to slowly stretch the tissue. Mm -hmm. So they can insert whether that's a tampon or a penis or a toy or whatever they want to put inside. Yeah. And then one of my favorite ways to relax the pelvic floor is by doing quite a bit of massage externally Mm -hmm. to help release the tension in the muscle. And then there are some physios that do dry needling into the perineum directly to help with the overactivity. But yeah, very a couple of things. Yeah. So it's very interesting. It is interesting. And I feel like uh, obviously I work in sexual health. So we see lots of probably similar presentations to what you would. But I guess from a strictly medical point of view, sometimes there is a limitation to how helpful we can be. Do you refer them to us? Yeah, all the time. All the time. (laughs) Good care. Not down in Melbourne. (laughs) No, not in Melbourne. But yeah, I've had lots of patients have lots of success. Yeah, And it's good for us too because it's like, yeah, again, the MDT, getting lots of people involved, particularly, I guess, for these chronic conditions, it usually does take a few different things to help manage your pain or whatever issue you have. So yeah, it's good. Now you mentioned the dilators. Mm -hmm. Do they, if somebody needs dilators or wants Mm -hmm. to try them, would you suggest they all see a physio first or is that something people can buy online or? So I'd probably recommend absolutely touching base with a physio first. So we want to know what happens when you pop the dilator in. So for example, we do different methods of prescription. So sometimes we might pop the dilator in and have it in for five or 10 minutes. Other times we'll move it in and out. So we kind of need to work out what your goals are and how we should stretch. And obviously we give you guidance by starting at a certain size and working your way up and holding for X amount of time. So preferably, yes, touching base with APCO. Get the advice as well as the device that wasn't meant to run, but it did. Good one. Like it. Now, and a similar, I guess, theme. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have probably heard about vaginal weights yep. or cones. They're heavy. Or, <laughs> yeah, all these things that are like that clickbait stuff that you see on social media. Mm-hmm. Is there evidence for these types of things? Like, should we be using them? Yeah, so I, I'm i not sure of the evidence and I didn't search for you. I'm sorry. But from my training that I've done, my understanding is you might give it to a weightlifter. So, for example, if a weightlifter is doing what? 200 kilogram press not sure of the exact terminology and she was leaking under that load yep. then she needs to match her pelvic floor to suit that load right probably for someone like myself mm. i don't lift anywhere near that amount so my pelvic floor is fine with me training yeah so i don't see that there's necessarily in need but there's no harm i suppose in doing it yeah providing you are getting the full relaxation so from my understanding of these weights, you insert them and you'll hold them in for like 10 minutes and wow. then they can fall out. They're very heavy. 
Gosh. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. So, so no, not everyone needs to be doing them. Yeah. But some. Yeah. That's good. So no excuses to be doing normal pelvic floor exercises because you don't need the the weights or anything fancy. Give it a try if you want to. Good. Yeah. Not over tiles though. Let me know how it goes if anyone does. Is it better your orgasm? <laughs> yeah. We should do a study ourselves. Yeah, man. <laughs> So, obviously, like, we've talked about the pelvic floor and how exercises can help your pelvic floor health. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that's important to know about keeping your pelvic floor healthy? Yes. So, common things are avoiding constipation and making sure when you do a poo that you are pooing in the correct position. So, the unicorn YouTube clip made that pretty known. (laughs) I'll link it in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) And then my other big thing... Again, sorry, the postnatal population I keep mentioning, but my big thing is once you get the urge to poo, poo. So yep. if you're feeding your bub and you've got the urge, pop the baby down, go poo. So once you get that big, what we call peristaltic motion of the bowel content moving along the colon, the best time to empty is when you get that urge. If you delay that urge, then it's then very hard for it to come back probably until the next day. Other things that we like to emphasize when you're exercising, especially with weight training, that you're definitely not holding your breath and kind of bearing down on the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. In regards to your bladder, making sure you're not holding on all day. So obviously when you get the urge to go, go and don't rush and strain and push on the toilet. And the other thing I've got a little note on, menstrual cups seem to be quite a big thing at the moment, but just really being conscious that they're not being pulled on without the seal being broken. Yeah, okay. Because it's typically pulling on the uterus, which can increase your risk of the uterine prolapse. So it's just making sure you are breaking the seal. Because the suction is very strong strong on them, super strong. Yeah. And I've had a few girls have them stuck. Wow. So they're good to use, but just make sure the length of your finger. Yeah is able with your anatomy. So if you've got a higher resting uterus, it's going to be harder to get it. So just think about that. Yeah, that's a good tip. So obviously this has been a lot of information. (laughs) Are there any like online resources that you suggest people to have a look at if they are confused or want to do some further reading? Yeah, so there's a really good app, um, Squeezy for Women. Uh, There's also Squeezy for Men. (laughs) Squeezy for Women. (laughs) So you can download both. Then there's a couple of websites that we often refer to. The first one is Pelvic Floor First, Mm -hmm. and that's just a website that encourages safe exercise and being mindful of your pelvic floor when you do exercise. And then we've got what we call the CFA, so the Continents Foundation of Australia, and that's promoting your bladder and your bowel health. And then lastly, one of my favourites is the Jean Hales website. So there's lots of education and resources on her website for both patients with conditions or professionals and there's also mm. some killer recipes which I do oh, like really? going on getting some new inspo mm, that's good mm. I often give people that website but I've never noticed the recipes so yeah well there's good recipes go. was there anything else you thought we should add anything else people should know about make sure you relax your pelvic floor mm. Good tip. I guess just to summarize, yeah. the pelvic floor is obviously very important for men and women. You don't need a referral from your GP if you think yeah. you need to see a physio, just go and do it. Cool. And it's not something that only women who have had babies or old women need to worry about. Everyone should be aware. Yes. Is that fair to say? Don't put up with pain. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super important. I feel like young women yes. put up with pain for too long and it's Absolutely. really debilitating. So, yeah, seek help and seek help from lots of places. I think that's important too. Absolutely. And keep moving. Yeah. 
So I'll put in the show notes all those resources that you've recommended in case anyone does want to do some further reading. And if you have any questions or comments about anything we've chatted about today, please feel free to join our Facebook group. And we have an Instagram account as well. So good. Thanks so much, So Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You to you, you to me, you to us is a podcast for general discussion only. Nothing we talk about should be taken as personal medical advice and it does not substitute information or instructions given to you by your own doctor. If the podcast raises any questions or concerns for you, please see your GP, sexual health or family planning clinic. For general discussion, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And please stop trusting strangers on the internet with your health. This podcast is a production of Simo Interactive, home of the My Millennial Money podcast.